0: NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle. From the Frickers Studio. On Classic is 96.7 WBBI. On ESPN 1430 AM. And at 105.7 FM WFOB. The Sports Huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics. Frickers. Warner Automotive. By Blanchard Valley Health System. Rotor rooter Bigby Coffee. By Northwestern Water and Sewer District. Wilson Tire grit by mj brown construction company premier bank campus polio by financial design insurance agency snyder's flooring outlet ohio automotive supply seneca millwork five-star maintenance and by the Rumpy corporation and now let's go to lance and matt coming to you live from the bricker studio for the nwo orthopedics sports title
1: Welcome on in to this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB classic it's 96.7 WBVI Lance Morris Matt Common here with you thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday night for another edition of the show Matt how are we doing happy Arlington
2: day everybody <laughs> it's gonna be a Arlington heavy show we're very excited about it. it's gonna be a great one and lance i did want to let you know i did re-sign my contract with you guys and i will accept the 680 million dollars in deferred money after the contract is done as well so good news we could go out get some more top tier free agents to bring into the station the program as a whole i did accept the deferred money as well because evidently salary caps mean nothing and money is just an imaginary thing, at least if you're the LA Dodgers. But other than that, I'm great. We got a very awesome show on deck for you guys today.
1: You're just gonna walk in the room with the 680 million pound uh joke there.
2: I-, I have a lot more to add to it, but I figure just start off with the, uh, hey, I'll take that to look, this could very well, I- I'll say this much right now this could very well turn into the new Bobby Bonilla day and that's saying something so I'm I'm excited at the prospects of a new generation of Bobby Bonilla day just being Otani day instead
1: yeah we'll talk about that and a whole lot of other things as we get rolling for this edition of the show as Matt alluded to we are going to be talking with some Arlington coaches. We'll talk with Jason Vermillion, the Arlington head boys basketball coach, strong start to the season at 4-0. They take on Liberty Benton on Friday. We'll also talk with Jimmy Nicholson, the Arlington girls basketball coach, currently 3-3 three three on the year. We'll talk to Jimmy about his team and other things going on as well in the Arlington community. We'll also talk NFL. We got NBA action and Major League Baseball free agency and trades as well, and We might not be physically at Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Tonight you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window, dine in or get delivery through DoorDash. Download the Frickers app. Find them online at Frickers.com. Dot com. And, of course, join us this weekend for our coverage of high school basketball. Friday, we will have that rivalry matchup with Liberty Benson taking on Arlington. Jimmy Nixon and I will have that one for you. That'll be Friday on Classic Hits. Then Friday on WFOB, we'll have coverage of Fostoria Boys basketball. They'll be playing host to Rossford. You can hear that Friday night on WFOB. And then Saturday, we'll have some more basketball action. SBC River matchup. Hopewell Loudon takes on New Regal. You can hear that at about 6.30 Saturday night on on wfob with that we'll up aside for a quick timeout. when we come back we'll be talking with jason Vermillion, arlington head boys basketball coach you're on the nwo orthopedics sports auto from the fricker studios at blanchard valley health system we're looking for individuals to join our family of professionals we require compassion dedication and the desire to make a difference in a fast-paced healthcare environment jobs are available in clinical and support services we offer competitive wages and benefits. The culture of BVHS is unique and rewarding. Visit bvhealthsystem.org backslash careers to search our current openings. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for
0: you. Getting the kids to practice on time, remembering if it's your day to bring snacks, making it to the game with a clean Jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense.
1: Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if Auto Owners makes sense for you. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios, ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Classic Hits 96.7, WBVI, Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. This Friday night, we'll have coverage of a rivalry matchup, Liberty Benton takes on Arlington. You can join Jimmy Nicholson and I for BBC Basketball. That'll be Friday at about 7.30 on Classic Hits 96.7. We're now pleased to be joined by Arlington head boys basketball coach, Jason Vermillion here in the frickers zoom room coach how you doing
3: doing well yourself
1: i'm doing pretty good thank you again for uh taking the time to talk with us always uh always appreciate getting to catch up with you
3: not a problem anytime
1: so for you obviously you knew you had a a couple key guys to replace uh your son jake along with guys like Ryler essinger heading into this season what was kind of the process like for you in uh getting ready for the year this time around
3: well, you know, that group um, with Jake and Ryler and Jared Griggs last year, those guys were just uh, tremendous leaders um, on and off the floor court. And uh, it took us some time over the summer in June to get some of these uh, experienced guys that have played varsity is now that are seniors to become a little bit more vocal in their leadership. Um, you know, they do, they do a great job of showing how to play and compete but as far as the verbal part, we were just hoping that, it was going to take, that they were going to take some uh, steps forward with uh, in that role. And uh, you know, to start of this year, it's going to look better and better. We're still not there yet, but uh, it's been a good start.
2: Oh well, well, coach, I'm a little concerned for the rest of the teams in the region if four and zero is still. We're not up really there yet
3: kind of situation well, referring to their leadership <laughs> as far as just communication i
2: was like that that's 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 a little concerning for everyone else if that's not there yet but i i will say in the early stages results have been exceptional i mean it's looked very good so far throughout the season so in these early stages anyone in particular that has stood out out of that group that you were talking about of wanting to see how they develop how they come around that has really um, stood out to you early on
3: You know, there's just, it's been a, I think it's been collective. Um, We really haven't had that one that is going to take charge, which that's fine. You know, as long as we have a a collection of them that they all know what we want to do. And uh, they just go and compete the right way each day. And that's the biggest thing. Um, You know, we've had good results to start the year. Uh, We know we'll be tested very heavily on Friday. So um, it's just been a, An important week this week to get better um, after what we've done the first two weeks.
1: Along with Arlington Head Boys Basketball Coach Jason Vermillion on the NWO Orthopedics. Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. And like we just alluded to, you have a senior class that has done a lot of great things across all the different sports that they all play. Caden Russell, Brady Ken, Luke Metzger. What can you say about what they bring to the team? I mean, you already talked a little about, you know, the different leadership qualities you're looking for, but what are some of the things that uh, those guys do bring to the table?
3: You know, our four seniors, uh, you mentioned Caden, Brady, Luke, and um, I'm going to add Wyatt Berry and there's our fourth one. You know, they've all, they all have different uh, roles with what we're trying to do. And uh, they've just in these first four games, have just done a nice job of just honing in on those areas and not going outside of what's they need to do. Um, you know, we want them to be good at the specific things that they can help us with. And they don't have to go over because we had other guys that we think that can fill those other roles that they don't have to. So, it's been just a, those four guys have just had a very good uh, mindset and understanding and willingness to do not the scoring part, but other stat lines that are very important for our team success. And how much of that success is attributed
2: to the fact that it really does feel year in and year out? It is that like, like that old poster that you see in a lot of locker rooms and teams throughout really the country where it's the big – word team and smaller word me where it's really just that that team mentality year in and year out at Arlington definitely seems to be the case again this year
3: you know I you're you're right um we've just been so blessed with uh guys over the years that have been in our program that the ball just moves and we try to find the best uh shot opportunity that we can and we don't have I mean we just don't have guys that have the egos that have to score I mean I've just It's such a blessing on our part as coaches that we got guys that just find each other and it's one guy one night and it's a different guy another and that's the beauty of this game um, that we don't have to scouting wise we, we hope that teams have to account for everybody. Talking
1: with Arlington Head Boys basketball coach Jason Vermillion on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. And Matt kind of led me into the next thing I wanted to ask you about. And that's just the you talk about the consistency. You also can talk about the staff you have in place. Uh, that has been there for a number of years, Thane Wrecker on the JV side, Scott Bergman and Seth Newlove, along with your son, Jared, all on the staff and all have had, you know, decorated careers in their own right, both in coaching and in playing. So what can you say about what all those guys uh, help bring to your coaching staff and what they, you know, do day in, day out for you?
3: Oh, just you, you mentioned that, you know, they're experienced guys. And, uh, you know, they've been with me for a number of years. Um, some longer than the others, but they know what our program uh, is about. You know, they, they bring great enthusiasm. They bring great instruction. And I, I am so fortunate that I have the stability of assistant coaches over the years and guys that have been through us with us over the, and just, I, a lot of my success has been because of the people around me. So players and coaches,
2: and I will say, Coach, that, that is something that comes to mind, sticking with your coaching staff. Not a lot of programs in the area have as much of players returning to their sub be part of the staff. It seems like that you do. I mean, obviously with Thane Wrecker, part of that 2012 mm-hmm. State Final Four team, and then your son Jared just you know, throwing it up from anywhere in the court, Larry Bird style, <laughs> during yeah. his career. Um, does that help keep that continuity – in terms of the team mentality, having players from those eras, having players from those previous teams that had a lot of sustained success that gives the kids, Hey, they, they've done it before. They were able to succeed in this environment. We can succeed in that environment too.
3: Most definitely. You know, I, you, you you just hope that these young eyes that are watching us um, on Friday and Saturday nights, that they pick up on some things and how our teams play and, how they carry themselves on the floor. and you know, I think that the Thane and Jared have done a good job of conveying that to our young kids as they get up to the varsity level. So, yeah, it's 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 so important to have guys come back and be willing to continue what they were part of. And we're just hoping that continues here down the road.
1: Talk with Arlington Headboys basketball coach Jason Vermillion here on the NWO Orthopedics. Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios and we're going to talk with uh, Jimmy a little bit about this later but it kind of goes with the same theme with your coaching staff is just the overall consistency again that you guys have and really aside from you guys it's kind of the case for all your other sports too obviously with what uh, coach McGrain has done on the football field what you and Jimmy have on the basketball side and you know with coach Love as the head of the girls program before that then Aaron Cheney as your AD also the uh, head baseball coach as well and it again doesn't mean you're going to win league titles each and every year but I mean that's the consistency especially at some of these small schools you might have it in some places but not across the board as it seems like you guys have
3: no that you're exactly right you know each one of those guys have done a great job within their programs and uh, you know it's awesome to see because all of them except Seth were players that I've coached and it's nice to see them excel and. The sports that they're coaching and um also having their support on our end so it's just we've got great uh relationship between all of our sports programs and we work together um throughout the year so it's definitely um it's definitely fun and we, we're, we're rooting for each other
2: and uh, last one but it's Sticking with the consistency theme, but the lack thereof, as it seems, as the BVC has kind of been in a, uh, we'll, we'll say a state of flux, a little bit of fluidity to it over the past couple of years. Some of the teams moving in, some of the teams moving out. Uh, what what are some of your takes on that uh, as a coach and trying to like schedule games? Has that made it easier? Has it made it, or okay, we can have a few more non-conference or has it been, a little bit more challenging because now you're trying to incorporate these new teams into the fold as well.
3: Uh, you know, it really hasn't affected us too much. Um, you know, we've been trying to, over the course of years, to, we've challenged ourselves and at times I've probably put us in some positions that maybe it's too much to chew off, but that's okay. You know, I think that some of this, uh, some of those games definitely prepare us for postseason season um, competition so and we're not going to change that approach. Um, we just want our guys to understand that each and every night we're we're supposed to go compete, and you know if we do, we're going to hopefully learn in the process, whether it's a win or a loss, and be good by the end of the year. So it really hasn't uh, affected um, our thoughts as far as scheduling. Um, like next year with uh, Aidan that coming in, it might it's probably going to change a little bit because of having to remove some of our uh, non leagues, but we'll still try to maintain some of those good competitive programs that we've been playing over the years.
1: And you've talked already about, you know, the different consistency and building you were looking to do for uh, some of your players, Uh, a player that's uh, done just that is uh, your son, Jace says, he, you know, he was, you know, almost exclusively a JV guy early on in last season. And then as the year developed, he got more and more time at the varsity level. What can you say about kind of the development you've seen from him over these last years or so and now leading into this season?
3: Well, I think I I think he's growing up. Um, he's grown physically. Um, he's also grown mentally. Um, you know, he had a after last year's finish. You know, we were excited about his progress from start to finish, like you mentioned. And uh, we thought he had a pretty good spring in his uh, AAU um, competition. And he's he's put in a lot of time trying to get shots up and working on his skills. And, you know, he's added a new dimension at this start of the year, which has been awesome to see. And uh, it just goes in line with some of the other guys we have on the team. Like, if you're capable of doing that, then you're harder to guard. And that's what our goal was, to get him to be to that level
2: and speaking of hard to guard uh, looking at your last two games against Elwood and Temple Christian if if i'm reading correctly 166 points scored between those two games in particular so uh just just out of curiosity what what was the team fed for breakfast those particular mornings and will you be having it on standby going forward for the rest of the season
3: you know we didn't do a lot of this uh stuff that we're doing now over the summer and it just kind of morphed in our thinking um, with what we felt when we finished in June and the personnel we have, we just, over the course of the few months during football, just start thinking, remember, well, I mean, we can utilize these guys in this situation and such. And we've taken a different approach. It's been fun um, as coaches to um, study this kind of way of playing. And uh, we've got a, a group that fits the what we think will be um a good year for him doing it this way and uh it's it's just different and yeah we've scored a lot of points over the weekend but we've still got uh you know there's some things that we got to clean up yet um really at both ends and then i'm not saying that we're gonna score more than 83 every game but that's not that's not our goal but we uh we got to be better, especially with what the schedule is going to bring to us this coming weekend. You know, we got two tough ones with one coming the following Friday, and you know, we've got to we've been spending each week trying to hone in and clean some of that thing that some of those things up. Talking with Arlington head boys basketball
1: coach Jason Vermillion on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. You mentioned kind of you know, watching the football guys and seeing, okay, maybe we can use them in this sort of way and Aiden Cavani certainly jumped off the page in that regard because you could see on the football field when he was at full cylinders, the team just went to another level, and he's certainly already done a little bit of that for you on the uh, basketball side as well. So what can you you know say about him? I know he got a little bit of time on varsity. It was mostly JV last year, but what, what can you say about what you've uh, seen from him so far?
3: Yeah, you know, Aiden's had a great start to the season, um, and definitely watching him on the football field, um, is exciting. You know, when the ball gets in his hands, he's able to go make some plays out there. And, you know, we're now seeing those plays being made on the basketball floor as well. You know, he's got good speed, some good, uh, quickness and, um, strength, which helps at this level. And so it's been awesome to see the start he's had and how the movement of the ball and, you know, he's been a recipient of a lot of situations where he has been able to score and lead us. So it's been awesome.
2: Well, one of the things I've always been impressed with, with your teams over the years, Coach, has been the, the play of the big men, the guys in the middle, guys in the paint kind of mix it up a little bit. You've obviously had a laundry list of all-time greats come through your program with you. I, I am curious, this year's crop, how you feeling they're doing so far in the early stages it seems to be getting very similar results. Still, that good type of interior play. Just curious, your thoughts on the early stage of the season?
3: You know, we we have you know those guys. Uh, we're not, we don't have a thane wrecker, and but we have some guys that can do some things facing the basket from the post position. So we've been trying to utilize them in that way. And he's and Wyatt's doing a definitely a good job with that. You know, we're trying to bring Calvin Willow. Along as a sophomore, and he just seems to be getting better with some of his decisions and stuff inside game by game. So, you know, we're, we're excited about those guys inside. Um, and with the way that we play with the spacing, we hope that we can utilize some of their abilities um, in different ways other than back to the basket.
1: And now, of course, looking ahead to your matchup on Friday, you guys take on Liberty Benton. Obviously, they themselves have had a handful of tough games already throughout the early part of this season. So what are some of the big things you've uh, seen from them in uh, getting ready for Friday?
3: Well, I think that they, they're they going to bring some uh, great challenges to us. You know, uh, Coach Whiteman does a nice job with what they do defensively, and that's not going to change. Um, but they bring in some length that – We've not seen, you know, they're bringing six three, six four, six five, six five, six five across the board right out of the gate, and you know we're going to have to try to adjust to some of that a little bit and um, understand that's not what we faced in the past. So we're going to have to be a little bit cautious on how to handle that. Um, you know, they're going to execute stuff that they want to do offensively, so it's going to be a typical uh, Larry Benton Arlington game. Um, it's exciting because both teams just compete hard against each other and you know i know that they're gonna present a great challenge to us
2: and coach two-parter for this one uh for, first off speaking to the future with liberty Benton moving on from the BVC. This, this is just for my own personal knowledge it's such a good rivalry you're gonna find a way to make that one of the non-conference games right i mean yes we'll just...
3: <laughs> yeah we'll have to see what's going on with uh everybody uh, the rest of our schedule yeah we'll definitely keep it in the back of our mind And then part number two, obviously, home game for you guys. You just
2: mentioned it, classic matchup, year in and year out. It always seems to be one of those ones that goes right down the finish line. How important is it for you guys in the early stages, 4-0, looking good, definitely building on some good stuff here to start the season, to have this kind of rivalry game be a home game as well, getting that home court advantage?
3: It's it's obviously nice, um, you know. You know, but you're going to have, but when you have those games on the road, which we're going to have down the road um, in our schedule, you know, you've got to take care of your business at home for sure, because playing away is a little bit tougher. But, uh, you know, it's been, we've had enough of these uh, great contests between each other at each other's uh, places that you're just going to have to go compete hard.
1: And then I imagine uh, the message, doesn't have to be super long when you're uh, going up against a uh, a rival a team like lb that you you know obviously everybody on your side wants to get the better of that matchup
3: oh for sure you know we got we got guys that are friends with some of those guys over there and vice versa so it'll be a, it'll be a fun one um, so hopefully it's a nice good clean one and we'll um, compete hard against them. This has been Arlington Head Boys basketball
1: coach Jason Vermillion. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us, and good luck on Friday against Liberty Benton.
3: You bet. Thank you.
1: With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Arlington Head girls basketball coach Jimmy Nicholson here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. Due to substantial growth at Morgan Advanced Materials, we're hiring and want you to join our team. If you're looking for a competitive starting wage, Morgan Advanced Materials has production operator positions starting at $19.76 an hour, with a potential of up to $23.91 an hour. Join our team at Morgan Advanced Materials located in Faustoria. Call us at 419-360-9751 or head to morganadvancematerials.com to launch a career that strives to make this world a better place. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have a starting pay of $18.04 an hour with a raise to $18.31 after 90 days with a shift differential of $0.25 cents an hour for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork, located at 300 court place in Faustoria, Seneca Millwork, part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI Lance Morris Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. We're now pleased to be joined by Arlington head girls basketball coach Jimmy Nicholson here in the Frickers Zoom room. Coach, how you doing?
4: Doing good. Can't complain. It's a little kind of a cloudy little Monday. That's the only thing to complain about.
1: Exactly. not a whole lot to complain about. Let's take a look at uh, at your team for uh, for this season. You of course knew you did have uh, some players to replace uh, coming into this year. What was kind of the uh, process like for you in uh, getting things ready for uh, for the season this time around?
4: Yeah, I mean, just trying to see where we're at, you know, um like Brook Smith, one of our best players last year tore ACL about week um that game 11 or 12 I guess I'm in my week still with football but uh, so about halfway through the seasons and she came back cleared so that was something I was worried about coming the season and Julia Stewart a senior another senior um you know a versatile player that can play inside outside both of those two players can um was also hurt a lot last year just an MCL tear and kept her out she played like two or three games so just trying to figure out what this team's going to be um you know we have Leah Derliott our point guard coming back as well, you know, and then we played, you know, three, three freshmen a lot last year. So just trying to find out where they're at, Um going to fit in what role they play and, you know, how much time they're going to get. And we're still figuring that out, actually. So we're six games in, but still figuring those things out. And Cami Settlidge was coming off a torn ACL as well. Didn't play last year as a senior guard for us as well. So there's a lot of moving pieces, um, you know, three seniors trying to fit in there, coming off injuries and, and um, mixing in, you know, three good sophomores as well.
2: Well, first of all, uh, coach, uh, and and I feel like I got to call you coach in this particular instance, since it is the interview, I've missed you since our last game that we did <laughs> together during football, we had a blast at that uh, Hopewell Patrick Henry game, but getting to basketball here, you did mention the kind of the parody that you have, of like both extremes, you have three sophomores, our freshmen last year gained a lot of time three seniors now coming back from the injuries i know it's still early i know you guys you said there's some moving parts still in play with those freshmen now sophomores at this point what is the early like thought process on their growth and development so far i know there's still some pieces in place some people still moving around but what, what have you seen from those three in
4: particular so far in the early stages of this season yeah, I mean, I like what I was saying. I mean, Jada Smith is a sophomore, as honorable mention, last year. She's averaging like nine and nine, so nine points, nine rebounds. Um, and, you know, Madison Ernst has been playing. She's a, She plays hard. She's a girl that gives you a lot of hustle and, you know, makes those little plays. And then Mia Alexander is a really good shooter, um, a good ball handler, just a, a good guard for us that helps, you know, help handle the ball and can sh- shoot open threes and one of our best perimeter shooters as well. So it helps to have those two. It's, it's nice to have, you know, a mix of – you know, sophomores and seniors, you know, when you're at this particular, I do have five seniors. So, you know, um, Chardonnay, a Butler as well plays off the bench. And then I do have one junior. I know it's Gabby sheets plays as well. She's a big, uh, bigger post player for us. Gives us some size inside. She started probably the last like nine or 10 games last year as well, just because we had so many injuries. So, I mean, she's playing uh, um, off the bench right now, but she's a solid, solid inside player that on defense, it could finish around the rim as well. So, Probably need to look at getting her some more minutes as well.
1: <clears throat> this is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Classic, it's 96.7 WBVI, ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM. We'll be talking with Arlington Head Girls basketball coach Jimmy Nicholson. And you've mentioned, you know, the different players uh, coming back, whether they were are just a regular player or injuries or whatever the kind of situation you know may have been but you know for seven players you had that were letter winners even though you did of course like you said have some of those players that were injured did that make the transition easier or kind of did it just leave kind of more questions because you had so many players that had dealt with injuries kind of where in that standpoint did that kind of have things transitioning into the year
4: i mean i don't think it was the issue is just trying to figure out how to get everybody the right amount of playing time and i mean trying to try to Trying to articulate that to the, the kids still. I still am doing that, trying to identify roles and playing time. And, and some of it is about, you know, maybe someone's a better shooter than someone else. Maybe, you know, if they're going to play zone, we really need a shooter, you know. Maybe they have more size, so we need Gabby Sheets in there to give them some more size. You know, maybe they're pressureless, we need another ball handler. So all those things depend on them. It's a nice problem to have. Lance, anytime I can say I got nine girls that and I'm struggling to try to figure out playing time for all of them, I'm not going to complain about that because I know there was times where we barely had nine girls dressing at all last year with some injuries that we had. So, um, just trying to trying to keep that, trying to make sure they're getting their times. So you get six quarters now. Um, so you can play two JV quarters and we've been doing that. We have five freshmen, but we've been mixing some other girls down on JV as well to get those girls that rep and try to stay in shape. It's one of those things you don't think about as much, you know, cause you're practicing and it's a lot of games throughout the year, but if you only get, you know, five to 10 minutes a night, you know, you can, um, that could help you conditioning wise is that hurt you conditioning wise as well
2: and coach yeah actually touched on one of the things that's a little bit of a rule well not necessarily a rule change more of an adjustment but i am curious one of the rule changes that we've seen in the ohsaa this year with um fouls in both halves now switching to just quarters and stuff like that um just kind of curious your thoughts on that change and is it good is it bad is it indifferent i i I've done a couple games now, and I got to tell you, it's been a bit of a learning curve for me, and it seems to be a bit of a learning curve for the officials as well. So just – I'm kind of curious your take on it from a coaching perspective, the change to no longer having
4: the one-and-ones, just the two shots, no longer having to carry over for
2: the half, just quarter
4: by quarter. Yeah, I would have been fine if they kept it the way it was and just made no more one at once. You know, like that would have been an easy – I felt like an easier transition than the five fouls. I feel like it – it Increases more physicality because you got to get to five thousand one quarter, in my opinion. Um, but I mean, it hasn't. I mean, what I've noticed the biggest difference was in the we we lost to Lipsick on a buzzer beater earlier this year. Um, you know, was it last week or two weeks ago now? Um, and you know, it's two shots, you know, it gets down to the nitty gritty there. You know, lipstick and I were both kind of found each other late, the rest called a couple touch fouls, which hey, um. Not here to criticize that. It went both ways. Um, but it's two big free throws, you know, down the stretch. So it does it does you can get down quick, you know, when you give them two free throws. So I it is it is an adjustment. It makes you not want to foul, you know, late in the game. I think it affects more late in the game than anything.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios talking with Arlington Head Girls basketball coach, Jimmy Nicholson. And as you said earlier, six games in and right uh, right down the middle at three and three so far as we're about midway through or about done with the uh, first month uh, from a game standpoint of this season. So is, is this kind of where I guess you would have expected to be at? Is this above or below what your expectations were? Kind of what's kind of the standpoint on that uh, front from uh, from your first six games?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I wouldn't lie to you two, you know, since we've become so close lately here, after this um, announcement with you guys in the football season, but yeah, I mean, you obviously go through your schedule. You know, some of these games are going to be tough. You got a chance to win some of some of these other games, and you know, you know, you, you you do some finalizing on what where you think you might be at. I'm I'm hoping to have a winning record this year. That is a goal of mine is to make sure we get on the winning side. More wins than losses this year is, is a goal of mine. I really think that's still obtainable. We had three and three. Um, like I said, we lost uh, Lipstick at, at Lipsick on a buzzer beater. and Then Corey Rawson got us good on Saturday. They played well and put us in some bad situations, and credit to them as well. But, I mean, th- those are two games I really thought we'd have a chance to win as well. I mean, it's not like we're circling them as we could win, but I would have liked to have uh, you know been sitting here at five and one or four and, or four and two, but uh, we're at three and three, and, that's where we are and we just got to keep moving forward and keep getting better. And, you know, take it one game as, at a time cliche as it possibly is, but uh, that's really what we're doing. Cause every, every team presents a different challenge for you, especially in basketball when you got time to get ready, you know, we give a, usually we play Thursday, Saturday. So you get those three days to get ready for a league game. And then you get that one day kind of a shoot around in between when you play at noon or noon or 11 or one o'clock on a Saturday. So there's not much um, preparation you can really do on a Friday, but, that's how we're doing it i've I've, um tweaked our schedule a little bit too to get some some different teams you know more our size as well so um i think that's a factor as well but yeah that's definitely a goal of ours to make sure we get a get above 500 because we have been eight and 14 the last two years and then we i think we won six to four then like 18 the year before that so like just trying to get back on the plus side well coach uh, definitely appreciate the
2: honesty and integrity there because of our uh our deep personal connections from broadcast <laughs> season in the fall on that yes, one. Yes, that's um, right,
4: man. I would only give you the truth, man.
2: That, that's I, I definitely appreciate. It. Now, I, I will say, I I am looking at your schedule, and I I do see some of those changes, like some of the other teams that you did, in fact, add in. It looks like, and it is go, going with that. Was the calculus behind that really just a matter of hey, it maybe get a little bit more like sized opponents to get a better gauge of where we're at as we're going through the season, or was it really just a matter of opportunity present itself to maybe mix up the schedule a little bit and kind of throw a little chaos
4: into the mix? Yeah. I mean, like really, honestly, Matt, we're we're graduating about 30 kids right now, you know, 30, 35 kids. We're really small right now. Um, We just don't, you know, I mean, the boys got a lot of athletes as well. And we have, we have some good athletes right now as well, but I do have five seniors. Yeah. Just competitive. Just trying to keep the size, I mean, our league is so good, and we have big schools. I mean, the non-league, it's nice to play the D4 schools, you know, because um, we had, like, Walpock on there. We had Ottawa Glendorf on there. We had some other bigger schools um, on there as well. But we still have, like, Kenton on there, which, you know, I'm fine with. But I'm just using as an example. So we are playing some bigger schools still. We didn't take them all off. But if we can get some, some more smaller D4, I mean, really the league moving around kind of forced your hand on changing your schedule a little bit. You know, because we only have, what, nine teams left in the league right now until we add Ada and Lipsick next year. So it's kind of a funky schedule. It basically forced your hand on changing your schedule as well. So if you get those chances, you know, to change it and you could find another D4 school, you know, that's what you try to do. And Fort Jennings is someone we added this year as well. But we lost North Baltimore. We kept Corey Ross. And so it just, yeah, it's ever involving. I'm glad I'm not the athletic director.
1: And we're talking with the uh, Arlington Head Girls basketball coach uh, Jimmy Nicholson around on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. You mentioned it with the, uh, the just the league expansion and the the change it's caused, you know, at the very least in part to your schedule, but uh, how much does uh, the future league uh, movement, how much does that change things, you know, just in terms of not just this year, obviously you mentioned with uh, and Lipsick uh, next year with Lipsick coming back after being away for a few years, but I mean, because of all the changes, I looked at the schedule. You guys play LB this week. I don't think you guys have another league game until 2024 just because of how the different uh, changes have gone throughout the league.
4: Yeah, like I said, I'm glad I'm not the one putting together the schedule. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we have 10 days off after the 16th. We play the day after Christmas. So I think that's just kind of the way it's set up. That's probably the bye week for the league, I would assume. Um, And then with Christmas falling the way it's falling, I – like I said, I don't ask too many questions. I kind of just play the games they tell me to play um, and give my two cents where I, where I need to because it's not going to help it, you know, complain about it. So, really, I think there's only eight league games. So, that's – I think in the past there's been nine, you know, sometimes ten when we're adding those different teams. So, I think it just depends how it's been falling. So, I think there's just two – maybe two different weeks that we don't have someone scheduled. And, um, you know, Aaron Chaney's doing his best to try to get them filled and trying to fill in gaps. I know it gets difficult trying to do that as well. So, they're doing their best behind the scenes and I'm just trying to get the girls ready to play whenever, whenever called upon. And we had to, we played the holiday tournament over at Bluffton this year it was sandwich around Thanksgiving. So not ideal either, but we made it work. I mean, not the best Thanksgiving
2: sandwich in the world. That usually involves the <laughs> leftover Turkey and some cranberry sauce, but to each their own, I suppose in that regard. And a uh, uh, coach mentioning the schedule at, and all that, I, I guess if I had to, ask you to put on maybe like a prediction kind of cap here not about your schedule but about the the bvc in general because there's a lot of different rumors floating around about different teams that might come in might not come in maybe in the discussion maybe not in the discussion uh just i'll give you the floor for a moment anyone on the wish list of maybe joining the conference in any capacity if you want to uh take 30 seconds and maybe uh (laughs) Pitch them on joining the BVC right about now, Matt. You might think that I have a lot more power than I actually have. So I don't really have but look. Any power I've too, I've watched the whatever. power of
4: Jimmy Nicholson live <laughs> in a broadcast multiple times. Okay, it's oh, I'm, I'm assuming you have this kind of pool. No, I mean, I think I think it's I- I'd like to see the league settle in and figure out what they are. You know, uh, you know, with Liberty going out, they've seen a hang on, hang on, hang on, and you know they still have one more year yet as well. So. Then maybe you can just start solidifying, you know, a 10-team league again and, you know, try to hold hold serve on that. that that's what I would like to see with Aiden and Lipstick coming in. and Close the doors if Liberty Benton, wherever they decide to go or if somebody decides to take them in um, or they go independent or whatever they end up doing, uh, fine by me. Um, and then if people want to play a non-league with them, they can do that as well. I don't. I don't know where they're gonna go. You guys should be the one. You guys get all the connections. You should know where Liberty Benton's gonna go and what other teams. I heard rumors of Patrick Henry coming to the BBC as well, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard that as much now that I heard Lipstick is coming back. I know Lipstick's pretty, pretty close with Patrick Henry as well. But that's the only news I got, Matt, If you're looking for an inside, inner, inside scoop, I, I mean news.
2: Yes, it was more of a like, hey, if we could get Terry, if we could get you know, Colonel Crawford, like, but yeah, I've, I've been hearing the same things too. It's been interesting. I'm, I'm with you on that where it's like, let's, let's see where the dust settles then maybe
4: go from there. Yeah. Well, I mean the Northwest conference kind of recovered as well. I mean, I thought maybe they might fold as a league, but they ended up bringing, you know, bringing LCC back and, you know, I don't remember who else they added um, as well. So, I mean, they're rebounding from that. I know that I know the BBC sent other offers out to some other Northwest conference teams, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to just see it solidify so we know who the heck we're playing and what's a league game. The girls are already confused enough as it is, you know. See to make sure we know what nine games we're playing for the league and um you know, try to get try to get a league title each year.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios Classic. hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Morris back on and talking with Arlington Head Girls basketball coach Jimmy Nicholson. You mentioned it last week with uh, the loss to Corey Ross, but you also did uh, get the win against Elmwood in the in your matchup last week. So over those uh, last couple games, what were some of the uh, good things you uh, did see from your team to uh, you know make note of heading, for, heading, uh, heading forward?
4: Yeah, I mean we, well, Elmwood played a lot of zone, and we were getting prepared for that. I knew Carter Austin played zone too, so I thought it was lining up well. But um, we played just hit, just enough shots against Elmwood to you know to squeak that one out. They actually went man to man on us in the second half. Um, you know we we were down one at halftime. I was surprised they came out man to man in the second half. You know and we got some things going, but uh, you know Jada Smith uh, did a lot in that Elmwood game. I mean she was filling the stats with. Um, I mean she had like nineteen was it 13 um 13 rebounds you know five steals so she, she had a, just a complete game you know three assists so she really helped out then me alexander had a great game as well um with 13 points he hit a you know hit a couple big threes for us but that was a good elmwood win as a league game you know i mean cory rosson always feels like a league game i know saturday but it, it wasn't a league game and um it was just a loss you know sadly i mean, i was disappointed in that loss and and the the way the girls played. But we've been battling for sickness. I don't want to make excuses. We've got a lot of girls sick. I'm hoping that we come back healthy here Monday, Uh, myself included. I've been under the weather as well for a week. So um, it's just kind of floating around, you know, when everybody gets back in the school, the weather starts changing. So hopefully the girls can get that. It's not the the worst time in the world to get sick. And hopefully they can be done with it and pass it on through and um, be healthy for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, I mean, Umwood was was a good challenge. They had some scrappy players and played hard. Coach's daughter gave us some problems inside for a little bit, but did a good job to battle them out and, you know, welcome to the BBC the right way.
2: And with these last couple of games that you've had, going back a little bit to personnel, were, were there any rotations that really stood out to you or like groupings that you had out on the floor that like, hey, this this actually seems to be working pretty well. We might want to roll with this going forward or keep this, on the, keep this in the playbook kind of situation as to maybe a rotation that we might want to use in a future yeah. game as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, most of our starters. I mean, with with Brooke and Jada Smith, and then Julia and uh, Stewart and me, Alexander and Leah Derral, played major minutes that night. Um, on our bench, I think our entire bench was sick or at the doctor or missing practice the entire week, so they played major minutes um, Thursday night. So they had a, they all five played very well. They moved the ball together and got stops when they needed to, and um, they played the majority of the minutes that night. I mean, I I subbed in here or there with the other uh, four bench players, but they were only playing a few minutes at a time. So, I mean, really credit to the main starters on that night um, as well. So, they they really stepped up big time. Um, And hopefully they can do that. When they stayed out of foul trouble, those five starters, um, you know, they can really play together and move the ball. They're all versatile five. They can all dribble. They can all pass and they can all shoot it. So, it's like they're all kind of positioned as players. So, I mean, they they played well Thursday. Um, We didn't play as well Saturday, but – That's just the way it goes. But we did stay out of foul trouble in the first few games. We had some foul trouble. We were battling, and so then it kind of forces your hand on subbing as well. But, um, yeah, I feel confident in the girls coming off the bench as well. But when you're seeing a zone that's active, you know, and some girls have missed some practices and things like that, you know, when you get prepared, you've got things you want to try to do against a certain team. You know, it's nice to have um, the girls that were there and healthy in, in the game.
1: And one thing I have for you is I love how you mentioned kind of the consistency when talking about the what you wanted to see in the BBC kind of moving forward. One thing that I think uh, helps make Arlington unique is kind of – the overall consistency you guys have really across all the major sports, obviously, with what uh, Coach McGrain does and what you do at the junior high level on the football side. We know what you and Jason do in basketball as well. Both have been longtime parts of the basketball programs, but, I mean, you've talked about Aaron Chaney as well. For him as the AD, also the baseball coach there. And doesn't mean, obviously, that your teams are all going to win uh, league titles each year, but that's certainly one thing that Arlington has that not every small school – is able to have, and that's just kind of the overall consistency that uh, you guys do have across the uh different uh different teams you got.
4: Yeah, I definitely think that's something that's important, um, as well to have some consistency. You know, I mean, like I said, I think this is my 15th year at Arlington, uh, coaching girls basketball, so I know I was JV coach there for you know eight or nine years. I don't know, don't quote me on that. Um, this is my fifth year as the head coach, so so I guess that would make nine and five, or yeah carry the one man i know we don't do good math <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean it's, it's been nice i know i know coach mcgrain and the football side's been there for 20 years since he started coaching the year after we graduated high school which was 2001 lance even though you don't think i'm that you think i'm too old but uh yeah it's, that it's is nice. not and, true
1: that's not you're putting
4: words <laughs> in my mouth and then you know i mean coach familia has been doing it since 98 i mean he came here when i was a sophomore in high school that was his first year i was a starting point guard that year um as well. So I know coach Vermillion Well, he's a great role model, great man. I mean, there's no reason I'm um, going mean, to really stole him from Corey Rawson too. And he's just been such a, a great role model and uh, you know, father figure and role model and teacher and just a great mentor for everybody, myself included. So yeah, we've been very fortunate for sure at Arlington. Well, if it makes you feel like
2: better coach,
4: Lance thinks I'm an old man too.
2: That's, I not, mean, just, that's not true. just uh, co- constantly starts making like murder she wrote
4: jokes and stuff like that I haven't well, I said but I now I think I'm going Matt. to Matt I said I was a millennial and Matt Matt rolled his eyes like no you are not a millennial
2: <laughs> look it's cause I call you sir okay like I mean you, you, you present a level of authority that like I, I, I usually make the joke when I say I need an adult like I know I am one but like an adultier adult like <laughs> who's who's concerned about their 401k like actually is responsible <laughs> in life kind of thing. like that i you give that vibe like an adult to your adult so it threw me <laughs> off when you're like oh yeah in 2001 when i graduated what do you mean 2001
4: when you graduated lance doesn't like this and we can we can double team on him he doesn't like that at all Matt. no i, know, I don't he's not gonna want you in on these interviews anymore so he
2: usually doesn't want me in on these interviews to begin with i just tend <laughs> okay. to show up and okay. really makes it fun but, uh, and all sincerity coach, though sticking uh, trying to rein it back into the interview hey, here uh, <laughs> um sticking with that consistency and like like you just kind of mentioned a moment ago with the BBC and a lot of change ups and things of that nature. uh, just from a an organization and a school standpoint, how vital to the continued success that you guys have had at Arlington has been that consistency that you feel? I mean, it seems like, there's a lot of movement at a lot of different places, but for Arlington, it's just kind of steady as she goes.
4: I mean, yeah, I think that's something you could look at from like, you know, if you want to compare that to like NFL or college or anything like that, you know, the more movement you have, you know, the less, the less solid your team's going to be, you know, you got to have that consistency and that's something we've had, you know, for a while. And and it was from the the coaches before us, you know, coach McGrain and I, you know, graduated together. And I said, and we had great, you know, coach Joe Mexker was one of the best coaches that, you know, if not the best coach in Arlington high school history was coaching football. Then, you know, it was a good, was a good role model. And he's a gym teacher. He was for, he was someone I always looked up to as a kid, you know, and then I had coach for million then. you know, we actually, Steve Suter was actually the varsity coach at Arlington, you know, the two years before, uh, for million came and took the job. I don't know if you guys knew that a little fun fact for you, um, as well so I mean like we've had some good role models Steve Suter was a football coach at Arlington when I was in school he's a great football coach as well so I always enjoyed um Steve Suter's coaching as well I just like the way how how he got after you and he was hard on you like I enjoyed that as a coach you know as a player I enjoyed being coached as well so um we just we just had a lot of good um good football coaches you know Dave Rossman that just he just passed actually uh my wife's Uncle, we just had good good role models in football and basketball throughout the years. You know, Seth Nilla was the JV boys coach for a long time as well. Um, yeah, so he's yeah, obviously, you know, you know he's a great coach. and He's back on the boys side now. So we just really got a lot of good, good coaches around and good people. It's a really good community. I know at times, you know, I don't know if Arlington just, we don't have enough houses that we don't have enough enrollment, but it really is a nice community with a, with a nice park and we've got a brand new school coming. So, I mean, it's really, we got a lot of things going for us now and hopefully we can get some new houses in here and get some new, some more kids and get that enrollment up a little bit. I'd like to see it at 50 to 60 kids, not 30 um, would help us be more competitive in sports, I believe, or make us even better than what we already are as well. So I really just think all that, well, you know, once you come in here and you're, you're welcomed into the community, it's, it's really a, a fun community to be a part of.
1: So new schools coming. Does that, that include any uh, upgrades to uh, the football side?
4: Um. Yeah, they're going to do – the. yeah. The, so the baseball field, from what I've gathered, and I don't think this is official, but it's, it's going to be like a big like weight room, maybe locker room, maybe some kind of facility with a restroom in it. So that will be there. They're going to move the baseball and softball diamonds around that as well. So that will kind of be like a central focal point like by Doccaster. So that will kind of be the plan. I don't know – how that'll work exactly but yeah they're trying to so the school will back be back behind doccaster um by about 300 yards away they'll keep this gym but they're going to have a competitive gym in the new school um well they'll play basketball games out as well but this will kind of just stay as a junior high one um is the plan so they're supposed to be breaking ground this summer um some of those things are, are coming that way and um it's actually like a stone throw from my house i i um, live kind of in that uh, neighborhood out, right outside of town so be pretty close to walk to and um, kind of keeps it in town It's kind of what the community wanted as well. They didn't want to move it out to that uh, outskirts of town. So kids couldn't walk if they wanted to. So, I mean, I think it's a win-win for everybody and um, we're excited. I know we had a, we were really excited when that passed, uh, you know, last year and uh, excited to see it going forward. I've seen some pictures of it. It really does get you excited as somebody that's been a part of this old school for a long time uh, since I was a kid. So I, I've been, I went, to, I went to school here K-12, and uh, now I'm back here teaching. This is my 11th year teaching here at Arlington and excited for the community, excited for the, the students and the teachers and everyone to be a part of a, a new school.
2: Oh, okay, now the, the true million-dollar question for this one. Will the new school, the new facilities and all that, from what you can tell, will it maintain the ladder to climb in to get into the press box? And if so, will they make it just a tiny bit narrower so that way I can truly genuinely actually get stuck on my way up at some point
4: i don't know i trust me i, I was i you know now that i announced those games with you and lance i mean mostly lance but the one with you matt uh it's like really opened your eyes how bad our press box really is it's like oh man we really gotta make some upgrades because some of these things like patrick henry's got three layers of theirs you know they're a d7 football school it's like it's like macomb's got one on each side you know they've really upgraded those things I'd love for us to do it. It's kind of like everybody was holding their breath to make sure we got a new school before we started doing new things, you know? Um, so now the excuses are gone. I, I, I can't wait for our facilities to be updated. That's only going to help the the student athletes as well. And, and the coaches. So that's kind of where we're at. I don't know if that press box is going to go down or not. I hope so. It does. And I hope we get, I mean, I wouldn't be scared to say that, you know, if they just build a new one on the other side, you know, I kind of like the way Macomb had it set up. I know, they had a um, you know just one another one on the other side you know for media because yeah. I mean I appreciate you guys any coverage that we can get for girls basketball side you know being on the other side it's fun to cover but you really need the space you want to feel welcomed um, as well you want it to be a good environment to call a game to cover a game and you know it's it's, it's part of something you have to do as a school now I know it's maybe something you didn't have to as in the other times but we don't want to get rained on or anything Lance we don't want to be outside <laughs> calling a game.
1: You say that like we got rained on at some point, Jimmy. You you sound like that has happened.
4: Oh, it did. And it wasn't fun. It did?
1: (laughs) I'll just say that got oddly specific
4: very fast. (laughs) Let's just say. Matt, I couldn't even see see half the Arlington field, you know, uh, when we were calling the Arlington game earlier in the year because, WKXA was there as well. And there was too many guys up in the box at the same time. So,
2: yeah. So, so uh, J- Jimmy, I'll just politely say to, to that one, welcome to my life since 2018 <laughs> on that one where it's like, what, what happened in the back ends on Matt? I don't know <laughs> that, that, that so, somebody did something. There we
4: <laughs> Why well, I, I had to give Lance, I mean, Lance is the veteran. You got to give him the number one spot. So he's calling the play by play. So all I got to do is just add my two cents
2: did you hear that lance he called <laughs> he called you the the
1: veteran the cagey veteran i, I was gonna say i don't know if i've uh I, I don't know if i mean i'll take the compliment i don't know if i'm okay with it but i'll take it <laughs> well you
2: it's okay we understand that implies that you're old as well but i know I mean, we get it i know it's...
4: oh goodness <laughs> anything else you guys want to talk about a new school and now you did you guys know we were getting a new school
2: we I did I mean I I know yeah. that you had mentioned it when we were um for the Hopewell game that you had Good. mentioned the new school because we were talking about that so yeah, I, it, a... it is great and that they're breaking ground that's fantastic have you obviously again early stages have you heard any additional discussion on like the in terms of like size of the build are they trying to expand so that way they can also expand community wise as
4: well or is it just more of a re- refurb and rebuild. Yeah, it's more refurb, rebuild. The state only gives you so much money. So like whatever you're at right now, you know, they give more it money. to the side. So um, yeah, it's really just gonna be something they move. It's just gonna be everything's gonna be nice and new, and you know, I don't know, one story, you know. So it won't be it'll be a little more handicap accessible. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know we have some money. They passed a permanent tax raise, so it's not like something. I think Riverdale is in some money problems over there, so they didn't just pass it for five years or ten years. You know, that's a permanent tax. So they have that extra money coming in as a school. So um, that's a good thing as well. So, I mean, they didn't sign up for, you know, a short-term, you know, levy and, you know, then we'll have to try to pass another one in five years. So that's a good thing. I think it's in a good situation. I think it's good for their community and uh, excited.
1: I think that'll just about do it for this one. This has been uh, Arlington Head Girls basketball coach uh, Jimmy Nicholson. Jimmy, thank you once again for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Good luck uh, this week and throughout the rest of the year.
4: Sounds good. I appreciate you guys giving me a call and covering girls basketball and I'll see you Friday.
1: With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk NFL action here on the NWO Orthopedics. Sports more from the Fricker Studios.
0: It's Cash for Cars at Warner Economy Corner in Findlay. Not much has changed with the shortage of good quality used cars, but Warner Economy Corner is looking to buy. At the corner of Blanchard and Blanchard, Warner Economy Corner is paying cash for cars. Bring your vehicle down to the guys at Warner Economy Corner and go home with cash in hand. Warner Economy Corner is buying cars and making deals. Open daily Monday through Friday.
1: The Northwestern Water and Sewer District now has two watersheds in Fostoria to get pure water at a low price. Watersheds are located off of Plaza Drive on the north end of town and our newest location near 4th and Finley Streets. If you don't like the taste of well water, try watershed water. Just bring your own containers and fill up for a quarter a gallon. Try watershed water today. For all locations, go to nwwsd.org. Back we are on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Frickers Studios, ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you tonight. Big thanks to Jason Vermillion and Jimmy Nicholson from Arlington for joining us today on the show. If you missed any part of our show, or just want to hear it again. Head over to WFOB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons as well. We might not be physically at the Fricker's. In Finley, but stop in for their daily specials tonight and get their sirloin steak dinner. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the Carolina dine in, get delivery through DoorDash. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. Find them online at Frickers.com. Matt, let's talk some NFL action as there was plenty of it over the last week. Uh, your Tampa Bay Bucks, they uh, found a way to beat the Falcons, even though the NFC South still, uh, still not looking all that hot. The Bears, they look actually pretty solid in a win against the Lions. The Bengals get themselves also a big win over the Colts. Browns had a little bit of a back-and-forth game with Jacksonville. They were able to win. The Jets magically looked good on both sides of the ball last week. That was kind of insane. The Ravens beat the Rams in overtime. Rams are starting to be a little feisty as well. Vikings and Raiders, that, that, that took genuine years off of my life. The Chiefs couldn't get past the Bills after that uh, onside call, offsides call. Uh, Justin Herbert gets hurt and makes the Chargers look that uh, much worse, and the Cowboys get to a statement win over the Eagles. And then on Monday, a couple, a uh, couple kind of strange results with the Titans coming back to beat the Dolphins and the Giants beating the Packers. What were some of your uh, your big takeaways from last week in the NFL?
2: Weird. <laughs> just weird. A weird week in the NFL. Like it was very bizarre. I- I'll start with the NFC South. Let's address the elephant in the room. That con that whole division is just hot garbage
0: this season
2: it's just an absolute mess but hey someone's got to win and it looks like Tampa is putting themselves in a position to do so so baker mayfield may lead a second team into the postseason and honestly for me looking at the game that he had he had a terrible game up until like the last five minutes and i i gotta tell you i get a little bit of that baker magic here in tampa i think he might actually be Playing himself into being a, I don't want to say long-term answer, but maybe like a medium-term answer down there in Tampa. So we'll see. We'll we'll see how that shakes out. Um, as for Cleveland's game, I mean, hats off to them. The 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 team is just the the walking injury ward right now, and they're still finding ways to win. Uh, jo- Joe Flacco comes in as Cleveland's ultimate stepdad. And in two games, has passed for 500 yards and five touchdowns. So it's uh, I don't know. I, I think for Cleveland fans out there, if he kind of keeps this pace going, there may have to be a very honest, awkward conversation that has to occur. And in regards to their quarterback play, and I I don't know how that one's going to shake out. I really don't. Um you you said best the interesting finals on monday night very very interesting final scores for monday night um the fact that tennessee came back to beat miami i was floored by that i really thought miami was just going to cruise through them and it seemed like they were going to and i i got to talk about my chicago bears you know they're one of the teams i said your hey, don't chicago
1: sleep. bears
2: well yeah not as a fan but i was gonna say early on this season i said hey don't sleep on them I think Justin Fields could be pretty good. I think he could be an MVP candidate. It's been a rough season for them, but they really seem to be turning it around. They're still in playoff contention. And I, I got to say, they're, they're starting to look like geniuses because Carolina is such a hot mess. They pretty much have the number one pick locked up. And they could either keep it maybe draft a Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe get a top-tier offensive lineman, or they could just swap it again like they did last year and just get a plethora of picks again and continue to build that team. I, I'm impressed with what we're seeing from them right now. I, I really am, and I think Justin Fields has certainly been a key part of that, which he has been the whole time. I The, the narrative around Justin Fields and everyone saying Chicago needs to draft a quarterback I think is outrageous. Personally, I, I feel Fields has been a lot better than the narrative has been built around him. So I don't know. I, it's a, a weird week, a very very weird week once again in the NFL. But more importantly, New England still sucks, and you know Pittsburgh still sucks. So all's right with the world.
1: But I think uh, I think more importantly, and we'll, we'll have to see how some of the uh, Dolphins injuries pan out, that was in part why they uh, end up losing the game to the Titans on Monday. The Jets looked better. They looked like a really good team, actually, on Sunday. Obviously, it's going to be hard for them to repeat that, but if the Jets are able to even have a modicum of what they had on offense continued with their pretty good defense... Throw that in with the Bills. I mean, the fact that the Bills have lost as many games as they have is kind of crazy when you look at like the point differential and all that. But I mean that that's gonna make the NFC East uh certainly interesting over these uh next few weeks. Oh well yeah. I mean a- you mean AFC East on that yeah, one.
2: Yeah, a- yeah. NFC East is just a two dog race at this point. But I, I will say it's it's interesting because we talked about the parody last week. We're kinda talking about it again this week. I think it was Jason forna actually put out status, either him or Ian Rappaport. I I forget which one in particular, but at this stage of the season, there are only two teams mathematically eliminated from postseason play right now. 30 of the 32 teams going into week 15 are still mathematically eligible for the postseason. That's insane. Usually by this time of year about a third of the NFL is already checked out. You pretty much know who's going to get in. There may be one or two spots that are in play. But I think at this stage there's only one conf like division that might be semi locked up and even that not really with the um with the AFC North right now because all the Ravens have to do is go 3 and 1 or the Browns just have to lose a game and they basically win the division. But it's, yeah, honestly, the Jets could make a bit of a run. And I I love Zach Wilson's attitude towards that one. They asked him how he was feeling, why he was playing so loose and kind of being aggressive with it. He said, what are they going to do, bench me again?
1: I
0: mean,
2: (laughs) he's got a good point. It's like, it's worst they can do is bench him again. And they've done that a couple of times already. So, yeah, Jets have definitely... Definitely have kind of turned th- some things around, turned some heads, and it's going to make it very interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers continues his fake ACL injury. I mean, magical miracle recovery using whatever like silenced dark room nah, and exotic nah, oils nah. he's
1: claiming to use we're, we're not, to fix him. We're not doing this. We watched the Achilles tear. But I, I, we did.
2: I'm just I'm <laughs> going with the nonsense narrative on that one. No, he's just having to. He, he went the Kobe Bryant route the way he did his recovery from his ACL and Achilles and all that. So it's I, I'm very excited to see if he does make it back into play. But no, at the end of the day, the Jets, they're, they've been a fun team to watch. It's just they built their entire season around Aaron Rodgers and losing him that just had them fall off a cliff for seven weeks and they're finally recovering from it.
1: Let's look ahead, though, to this week's games. Thursday, we have a dandy of a game. We have the Chargers versus the Raiders. They combined to score seven points on Sunday. Easton
2: Stick versus Aiden O'Donnell, baby. It is going to be a barn burner, and I hope both teams are in the barn as it happens.
1: (laughs) I have one word to say to this matchup, and that is woof. Yeah, that's
2: that... You know what's sad. Going into the season, that actually looked like it'd be a really, really good
1: game. Oh, just a few weeks ago, it looked like it could have been even, a good game. Like
2: even just a couple weeks. Like it's the injury bug this year in the NFL has been so brutal. Like this could have been a good game, and it's just gonna be a dumpster fire. Yeah. And yeah. that's saying something because we just had a three to nothing game this past weekend. <laughs> I know. Which... It, could be, it could be a lot of the same. Which I'm sorry, if I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan or Raiders fan and you were present at that game, if you're a Vikings fan, yes, you won. <laughs> I'd still demand a refund.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I'd be like, I, I need a refund. I had some Raiders fans' friends texting me just saying how many punts there were. And I'm just like, woof.
2: Just brutal. Yeah, no, this Thursday night one is, it's going to be a lot more of the same. That's going to be,
1: that's going to be rough to watch. And Saturday, we do have three games as we start the Saturday portion of this season. We have Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, Lions, and Sunday have a handful of good ones. We got Browns versus the Bears, Bucks versus the Packers, Jets versus the Dolphins could now look a little different than it did, you know, just a few weeks ago when they played on Black Friday. We also got Niners versus the Cardinals, Cowboys, Bills, Ravens, Jags, along with Eagles, Seahawks on Monday night football. And that... uh that Cowboys-Bills game is just, just staring me right in the face and getting ready for the weekend. Yeah, honestly, there's a few games that
3: suddenly
2: have some pretty strong playoff implications attached to them. I mean, the Broncos game, they've made a tear. They're only one game back from Kansas City in the AFC West. That Jacksonville-Baltimore game's got a lot more weight to it after the injury and the loss to uh, Cleveland for Jacksonville. It's There's some good games that... uh. That Bills-Cowboys one, I'll be honest, Bills-Cowboys, if the Cowboys roll in that particular game, we may be talking about the end of the Sean McDermott era in Buffalo. Nothing's been a bad coach. It's just kind of the same problem like Mike McCarthy had in Green Bay. I think they just need a new voice in there at this stage. So I'm curious to see how that one shakes out. I really am. should be a good game if Buffalo can get back on their winning ways or at least their competitive way, should be the best game of the weekend. If we're going to see more of the same from what we've seen from Buffalo the last couple weeks, I think Dallas is just going to roll over them.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see because, I mean, Dallas hasn't really, even even against the Eagles, they kind of took care of business in a uh, pretty decisive way. I,
2: I mean, look, Dallas Cowboy fans are notorious for every year is their year kind of thing. Oh, yeah, of course. They might actually be on to something <laughs> this year, <laughs> just to be honest, like they might actually be on to something this year. And then um, uh, just to go along with some of the other games that you mentioned, I mean, that Browns Bears game, oddly enough, that actually has some pretty decent implications attached to it for both teams, just like that Buccaneers-Packers game. That that one, had you told me four weeks ago that we'd be talking about who could potentially be taking the lead in their respective divisions in that Packers-Bucks game, I would have said, that's great. Probably time to switch to water now, and maybe we should get some food in your system, because that both teams were looking rough during the midway part of the season. They've really turned it around, so... I don't know. It, th- there's a lot of good games. We had a weird weekend football this past weekend. Hopefully, that means we get a very fun and exciting week of football this coming up weekend.
1: With that, we'll go ahead and subside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears to the NBA here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. Hi, this is Don from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true?
3: That is true, Don. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks. This is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5864 for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today.
1: For over 100 years, ironworkers
2: have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419 382 3080 and build a better future.
1: Back we are on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI Lance Morris. Matt Common here with you this Wednesday. A big thanks to Jason Vermillion and Jimmy Nicholson from Arlington for joining us today on the show. If you missed any part of our show or just want to hear it another time, head over to WFOB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons. As well, and we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials tonight. Get their sirloin steak dinner kits. Eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. Find them online at frickers.com. Now let's talk some NBA action as the uh, Lakers beat the Pacers 123 to 109 for the first ever NBA in-season tournament title. And I d- I just can't wait for years down the road when people say. Well, Michael Jordan didn't win an in-season tournament title, so LeBron is clearly the goat. Ha ha ha
2: Yeah, I still don't know what this in-season tournament was about. <laughs> so, I mean, if people want to use that in the argument, cool. I, if we're gonna if we're gonna have this little like bit of debate on this, but first of all, congrats to the Lakers winning the first in-season tournament. The NBA couldn't have asked for a better first winner for their in-season tournament than one of their most decorated teams really shows that it didn't matter for anything at all no point to it except to give the players some extra money which i support that get get these players paid give them the opportunity it's a finite industry that they're in totally on board that still have no clue what this tournament is about but mentioning the oh well jordan didn't win an in-season tournament i kind of had this thought process. The other night, because I I was just rumbling through the Internet, doing my usual just like doom scrolling. And I came across the Vince Carter highlight tape. Like over the course of his career kind of thing. And I, I think I've stumbled on this. If you were to ask me who the GOAT is, it's Jordan. If you were to ask me who is the most naturally gifted player in NBA history, it's LeBron. If you were to ask me who the most clutch player is, it's Kobe. And who is the most electrifying player? It's Vince Carter. So I think for me, it's like, if you really want to Mount Rushmore of the most or the greatest, I think they all get their argument up there at some point. But if anyone wants to use this in-season tournament as justification for why LeBron is the best of all time... There's plenty of other valid arguments for LeBron to be the best of all time. Don't use this nonsense in season.
1: This was oh, one it's of it's going to happen at some point in time. Just
2: you, I wait. know it's going to happen, and it's so aggravating. <laughs> the only thing this in-season tournament confirmed to me is one: my TV does not handle the types of courts that they have <laughs> during these in-season tournaments. Two: I've become a lot older than I thought I was because I couldn't handle the colors and the brightness of the courts that they were using during this tournament. And three, I, I don't think anyone really understood what this tournament was about, even to this day. So, cool. I'm glad that it worked out. I'm glad that it seemed like the players enjoyed it and that the league had a good success with it. I still don't get it. It's just, I still don't get it. And I'm probably
1: not going to get it anytime soon.
2: It it makes no
1: sense to me. Hey, guess what, Matt? What? the magic might actually be good.
2: They, you know what? They actually look sneaky good. Like the, the, their collection of number one picks and top five picks actually seems to start to be panning out here. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you credit the, your, your Orlando magic actually look pretty decent. They, they, they look at the bare minimum. They look fun. They haven't yeah. looked fun or entertaining in a while. Correct. They at least look fun, entertaining, and competitive. I'm curious to see as the season goes on if that translates to good. I think it might. They actually do look pretty decent.
1: It's it's just so... The way you phrased it was perfect in that they just... if they It's not that they haven't been good because they haven't been very good as of late, but they also weren't very exciting either. And there was... There was pieces of it last year with with Paolo. There was pieces of it with Franz. And, and they seem to kind of be gelling a whole lot better this year with a mm-hmm. couple additional uh, young guys and other guys that are uh, getting into the rotation and into the mix. I don't know if it's going to last the whole year because, I mean, they're in the top four of the East now. And if they're still in the top four of the East, you know, come April, all the better. But I'm just going to... Enjoy the fact that it's uh, actually fun to watch my team play basketball, because even the last time they were good, like a few years ago, they were like one of the last few teams in the playoffs, and like there was the consecutive years where they won one game against the Raptors and then won one game against the Bucks before they went on to to win titles uh, those years, so... I mean they, they haven't had that excitement, you know, really basically since Dwight Howard. So it's uh it's it's nice to see that uh starting to return a little bit uh down to Orlando.
2: Oh yeah, no, the the magic again, it's it's not that they weren't a talented team. It's just they were kinda of boring, if that makes sense. Yeah. They they were just it just they were kinda of boring and it kind of felt like the team knew they were kinda of boring, and they played like they were boring. So yeah, I mean they're they're very fun. They're entertaining to watch. They're competitive. Truth be told, I kind of get a lot of similar vibes from like that back half of the Cavs season two years ago when they really came on strong. Yeah, and then they built into that last year with a number four, or number five playoff seed kind of thing. I kind of get that same vibe from Orlando this year that it's the the pieces have finally figured themselves out and they really seem to be developing in a good way. So. Yeah, your your,
1: your Orlando Magic looked pretty darn good, not going to lie. On a separate note, why is Draymond Green allowed to be Draymond Green still? Because
2: he's Draymond Green and he has, what, four NBA titles attached to his name at this stage? Who cares?
1: I'm tired of seeing him punch and kick people.
2: Yeah, so am I, but you know what? They're going to let him do it because the NBA is at its best when they have someone like a Dennis Rodman or a Ron Artest or Ben Wallace, just that nasty you know, getting after it, getting after players. The, the NBA needs an enforcer at some, all, all times. Now, the problem is Draymond's taking it way too far.
1: Well, that's the thing. I'm I'm glad you brought up some of the names you did with, with Rodman and Artest and, and even Ben Wallace to a different extent. For different reasons, for one thing or another, they were suspended and given lengthy suspensions. Draymond Green continues to do stuff and he'll get like a game or two here, a game or two there. Then he goes right back and does it again.
2: Oh, that—that's because Adam Silver, his entire shtick is how can we keep more superstars on the floor at any time. Which I would counter: don't punch
1: and kick people. Then you'll stay on the so, floor.
2: Well, I would also counter, just to be point blank: Draymond Green's not a superstar. No, he's not. He if if the if the Golden State Warriors over the last few years, like even when they had Durant during their title runs, if they were the Beatles
1: draymond is ring Dr- i was gonna okay. say Dr- the in part why kevin durant left was he was tired of dealing with draymond green Dr- draymond green
2: ran jordan pullout, who was legitimately the best third option golden state had had since durant had left after winning a title yeah <laughs> ran him out of town draymond ran durant out of town draymond needs to run himself out of town <laughs> At this point, and I'll be biased. I'm a Cavs fan. I can't stand Draymond Green. I absolutely cannot stand Draymond Green, and that's honestly the mark of a very, very good enforcer. <laughs> and it's he's done his job well. Just he's hit the stage where it's going too far. The NBA needs to step in. I mean, you cannot, you, you can't tell me that he was just flailing and that oh, it was incidental contact. He dropped a left hook on Jerk. Was it Jerkic last night? Yeah, Jurkic. Or Jurkic, excuse me. He dropped a left hook on him. He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, it's... No, Dr- Draymond, I get what he's trying to do. As an NBA fan over the years, I respect what role he's trying to play. And I will say more often than not, he plays it well. But for some reason this season, he's just gone way too far. He he needs a good 10-15 like game suspension at this point to not just enforce, hey, you can't get away with this stuff, but more importantly, to let him kind of regroup and cool off so he can go back to being the good enforcer that everybody loves to hate, as opposed to what he's been the last two, three seasons.
1: And staying just in the NBA in general, who who are some of the teams that you're keeping your eye on for one reason or another to see if they improve or if they get worse or just kind of just in general, who are some of the, some of the teams you're keeping your eye on?
2: Well, that's a very good question. Who am I keeping my eyes on?
1: I try. Uh,
2: that, that's a wonderful, I mean, clearly the Pistons, I think they're, they're due for a turnaround here any minute. <laughs>
1: I mean, after losing 20 in a row, yeah.
2: Eventually they're, they're due, they're due for a turnaround any day now. I <laughs> uh, just you know, give it some time, baby. It'll work out great. Uh no, in all sincerity, I mean I'm really focusing on some some teams that would make sense for us to focus on. I'm focusing on Cleveland, uh looking at Brooklyn a little bit as well, at least in the Eastern Conference. Uh, another one that I'm paying attention to, it's a two a twofer. The Hornets and the Bulls. The reason I'm focusing on those two teams. I feel they are in a very interesting spot where they either need to fire sale or go all in to turn it around. And I don't know which way they're going to go. I'm curious to see what they do. The The Raptors kind of fall into that category as well, but I think they've kind of been upfront that they're going to ride it out with the guys that they have and just hope that they can re-sign people. Uh, Western Conference, I mean, look, we got to address the elephant in the room. The Timberwolves are 17 and five. Yes. And they're doing it rather convincingly, it feels
1: like. I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised that the Timberwolves are this good because I think the thought process was okay. Anthony Edwards is going to develop with the overseas stuff he was doing with Team USA, and then he would kind of take that leap. That's been in part what we've seen in Minnesota.
2: Well, yeah, but uh, really, for me though, the part that throws me is their conference record. They are twelve and three for Western Conference yeah. opponents right now. I mean, that they're not just in the lead in conference play. The next closest is nine and six with the Thunder. Yeah. So I mean, it's I, I I'm kind of curious to see how the West is going to shake out. Some of the teams I thought would be better really seem to be struggling case in point, the Phoenix suns and their latest version of the Kevin Durant needs a ring super team that they tried to put together. And it's just, it makes me happy to see that it's not working just because I'm sorry, Kevin Durant's such a merc. He's such a mercenary and it bothers me when he's put into the greatest of all time discussion by anybody for that very reason. Just that that's, that's That's a rant. uh, I was going to say
1: that's for another day
2: that's that's a rant for a whole other time but in all sincerity i mean it's really i want to see if the timberwolves and the thunder can keep this going because they are teams that have kind of been built up in different ways the thunder it's always about the draft building up with the young guys timberwolves they kind of went draft first and then went all in with the rudy gobert trade and stuff like that so i don't know it's uh, definitely some of those guys i'm paying attention to um I am curious to see if the Spurs continue to tank because you get Victor this year and then you could probably get someone like Sar or uh, some of their big names that are out there next year if they continue to just tank it like they are this year. Kind of get the feeling that they're building it up through top draft picks going forward and we'll see if that holds out.
1: Quick question for you. What's Victor's last name?
2: Not going to say because I don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Or harassed.
1: I knew you were doing that on purpose.
2: Yeah, or or harassed. I I don't know. Say his last name for
1: me. First off, unrelated. You can say Giannis's last name, right? Why are you putting me on the spot like <laughs> this? Because I well, because if you can say Anton you can. There's nothing you can't say. Say it again, Anton Akumpo.
2: Yeah, Giannis, he's doing good as well. He's
1: having another decent season. See, w- Wemby's is easier. It's Victor Wembenyama. That's Wembenyama. It's it's okay. not it's not as hard as it looks.
2: It's not. I just I'm I'm saying. always terrified of butchering names, especially on air, because then you lord it over me forever. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I would never do that.
2: You you just did that. <laughs> that whole question and answer session was you lording that over <laughs> me once again.
1: Oh, on that note, we'll step aside for a quick time. When we come back, we'll talk some Major League Baseball free agency news here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. NWO has news. We are excited to announce the newest addition to the
2: NWO family. Dr. Ryan Tran is a local who was raised in the area, trained
1: by the Cleveland Clinic, and has returned to his hometown to care for your whole family, just like he does his own. Dr. Tran is now accepting new patients of all ages in our Tiffin office. Make your appointment today to experience the benefits of family care by a hometown
0: professional. There's only one place to go. NWO. Saying goodbye to summer is less sad when you realize your favorite fall flavors are here at Big B Coffee. Celebrate the return of our Sweet Foam Pumpkin Cold Brew, Pumpkin Spice Latte, and our Caramel Apple Cider. Pair these delicious fall sips with our Maple Waffle Sandwich or Pumpkin Muffin. Available for a limited time at one of the two Big B Coffee locations in Findlay. One on Trenton Avenue and one on Tiffin Avenue.
1: Back we are on this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios. ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Classic Hits, 96.7 WBVI. It's Morris Matt Common here with you until 7.30. Big thanks to Jason Vermillion and Jimmy Nicholson from Arlington for joining us on the show today. And we might not be physically at the Frickers in finley but stop in for their daily specials tonight get their sirloin steak dinner kits eat free all day every day pick up from the carryout window dining get delivery through doordash download the frickers app to see more and place an order find them online at frickers.com now Matt, let's transition into major league baseball free agency the biggest of the Dominoes, of course, fell on Saturday afternoon when it was announced Shohei Ohtani would stay in the LA area but would go from the Angels to the Dodgers. A 10-year, $700 million deal easily. The most one player has gotten. He's not going to be able to pitch next season due to an injury, but still an MVP, guys. He's already won a few MVPs already in his young career. But, Matt, thoughts on this, uh, this deal for the Dodgers and Shohei? I mean, first
2: off, congratulations to... Shohei Ohtani for being a the the best utility and tool player in the modern major league era, being able to pitch and hit the way he does. There's no denying his talent. There really is no denying his talent. Seven hundred million dollars is insane. Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's let's put it this way: his total salary over the course of 10 years is $70 million more than the combined payrolls of the AL central. Yeah. So you are telling me that one player is worth more than five baseball teams.
1: I mean, you can, you can certainly argue about the overall money of it, but yeah, he's not going to pitch next year, but if he's able to continue being a two-way player you are paying one guy to do two things. You are, but here's the problem.
2: He's not going to be able to keep doing that.
1: No one has. But you, prob- but you but you, would have said that a few years ago, too.
2: But here's the thing. I'm kind of right in that regard, too. Has he finished the last two years, even though it's been MVP runs? Has he finished the last two years healthy being able to pitch? No. It's already starting. Yes, his young Major League Baseball career, his MLB career. Otani's almost 30. You're giving someone 10, 10 years, $700 million in deferred money so you can still go out and sign people, which is just bananas to me and just makes it feel like free agency is really just whoever the Dodgers don't want going forward. Kind of situation, kind of like how it was back in the day with the Yankees, year in and year out. It's it, it it's absolutely crazy to me to give this guy a decade contract, almost a billion dollars. When if you want my honest opinion, I think he's got maybe two more years of pitching in him. Because he's been getting his MVP awards. Yes, his pitching has helped. He's been a good. He has been a good pitcher. It's been the home runs and his hitting, though, that's really been his MVP mark. So, I'll just be perfectly honest. I don't think his utility ability that he can pitch and hit and play other positions, I don't think it's going to last. And I don't think it's going to last much longer because he hasn't lasted throughout these seasons. Now, whether that or not that's the Angels, whether or not that's him or his health or just fatigue and wear and tear, that remains to be seen. But He's going to be on the other side of 30 coming back from this injury where he can't pitch anymore for this upcoming season. A whole year of not using that arm as a pitcher. And they're expecting him basically to be the number one or number two guy in their rotation. I just, it's one of those, I'm really, I'm glad that he was able to get the contract they did. Hats off to him. You were able to tell the team you're worth $700 million. I guess. Cool on that one, but reality of the situation is I think the Dodgers are going to come to regret this contract as time goes on because I really don't think Otani's going to be able to continue to pitch. He's defied it for the most part up to this point, but two years in a row of not being able to finish as a pitcher, that's a big red flag for me in terms of how long he can keep this up.
1: Yeah, and I think uh I'm not going to completely disagree with you, but I do think I think there's a way, whether it is, you know, just either more training or whether it's, you know, limiting the number of innings or what it may have you. I think there is a realm where Shohei is able to continue as a pitcher, even if he's not your number one starter. Cause I don't think it's realistic to expect him year after year to be able to hit 40 home runs and be your number one starter. I think it's either maybe it's like, a spot start here and there, or maybe transition to more like of a closer role. I think something like that, especially as he ages might be the best way to get still the best of both worlds being able to pitch and hit. Oh,
2: certainly. And you know, that's what they could do, but I would counter with this point. Then if your mindset two, three years from now is that Shohei becomes a relief pitcher and you're only getting maybe two, two and a half innings out of him. And in particular, being in the National League now, on days where he's not in the lineup, so you'd have to have him not in the lineup, or rotate him in, whatever you'd have to do. But then you'd have to lose him for the remainder of that game, kind of situation. It's
1: well, no, they have they have the rule. They essentially made a rule for Shohei well, that did, yeah. that allows it to where he can pitch and theoretically like go in the field or be a DH. They have rules now in place for that.
2: Sure, as a starter, I'm saying if one, a couple years from now when you rotate him in as a relief pitcher or something like that, I mean, it depends on what they would want to do, but still. point That point that I'm trying to get at here is even in that scenario, you're talking about limiting his pitch count already, limiting his innings, maybe switch him to a relief pitcher. You don't give that $700 million. Yeah. Yeah, if you're doing $700 million, it's you have for the next six to seven years, I want 40 home runs a year and I want 15 wins a year kind of thing. It's You you want an ace and your cleanup hitter. So that's why for me, I mean, congratulations, most expensive contract in North American history. I think it's pretty much up there at the tops globally as well. I think there's a few that might beat it. But at the end of the day, you're giving that kind of money. You're not giving it to have a middle reliever in the sixth, seventh, and eighth. You're giving that to be a guy that's going to go seven innings and hit two home runs in that game too.
1: And in terms of the rich getting richer, the Yankees did just that by acquiring Juan Soto. There were rumors of it last week when we were on the air, but we decided to just wait until it was official. And it became official on Thursday that the Padres were trading Juan Soto to the Yankees. It's uh, he still has another year before free agency, so he hasn't gotten the big money contract just yet. But I, I imagine, I, imag- I, I envision Juan Soto hitting lots of home runs on that short porch at uh, at Yankee Stadium.
2: Juan Soto is going to do just fine in New York. Juan Soto is going to push Aaron Judge for the AL home run record in New York. It's going to be, just to call it as it, he's going to be phenomenal there. I think he's a breath of fresh air. I think he's a good replacement for Stanton as well, if they want to move Stanton to DH primarily.
1: They, ba- they basically um, already have.
2: Yeah, they, they pretty much have. But I'd say if, if that's what they want to do and actually commit to it, I think Soto is like the top of the wish list of getting someone to do that. So I think it's a good move. I think it's smart on the Yankees part. I think it's just, as you said, the rich getting richer, and it kind of defeats a lot of the purpose for Major League Baseball for some of these other teams of to even bother trying. In particular, the Dolans, who are already claiming and complaining that they might not have enough money for Jose Ramirez still, which is why they used the Rule 5 draft on that third baseman from Arizona. And it's just, it's a, ta- a tale of two leagues. Two teams have combined payroll of almost a billion and a half dollars and the Cleveland Guardians are looking to cut their payroll even further with rumors that Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez could potentially be on the trade market this year.
1: It always goes back to Cleveland. Sell the
2: team Dolan's. You want to fire Brandon Staley. I want the Dolan's to sell the team. <laughs> Simple
1: as that. <laughs> So that'll just about do it for us here tonight. Big thanks to Jason Vermillion, Jimmy Nicholson from Arlington for joining us on the show today. And join us this weekend for our coverage of high school basketball. Friday, we have that rivalry matchup with Liberty Benson taking on Arlington. That'll be on Classic Hits 96.7. Friday, on WFOB, more coverage of Fostoria basketball, as we'll have the boys taking on Rossford. That'll be Friday night on WFOB. And then Saturday, some more high school basketball action SBC River play. Opel Loudon takes on New You can hear that at about 6.30 Saturday night on WFOB. From your broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Moore signing off for this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next one.